This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh, and a big warm welcome to the one new listener from Leeds, who I got as I appeared on BBC Radio Leeds this week. <laughs> so, uh, John, James, whoever you are, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. All right. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. That was like a... That, that's like one of those things we get to like just tout forever now, right? Always treating podcasts as featured on X, Y, and Z and the BBC. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Brand it was a shame you were you were uh, snowed in with meetings and you couldn't yeah. join. But uh, Jamie Rayner, who was the host, it was it was great. And the fact that I was on Radio Leeds recommending that everyone listening bring in Chelsea assets into their fantasy team ahead of the Chelsea Leeds match. Only like halfway into that piece of advice did I realize what I was doing. So I hope that I'm not going to get doxxed or anything like that by <laughs> the fine people of, of West no. Yorkshire. Always look forward, never look backwards. That is the that is the fantasy pundits motto, Brandon. Okay, it doesn't matter what you said last week; it only matters what you say. Wow, it's a little, yeah. little Don Draper advice creeping into always cheating. It's good. So game week eleven, uh, it is. You know, I was going to say nine tenths concluded. It's actually eight ninths concluded because. Yeah. Uh, as as is often the way, you know, I actually did sort of um, I struck an ominous chord in last week's podcast. You can remember I said uh, uh, there has been there have been some some dangerous news coming out of Newcastle. And I was a little worried about what might happen there. It was a downbeat moment in last week's podcast. Josh. Yeah. And then uh, that was that was actually that was a rough I, I was struggling from Monday to Tuesday last week to to embrace my own make fantasy fun again ethos brand. it was hard for me to MFFA 
Uh, Ali Watkins misses that penalty. Ali Watkins scores at the end. It gets checked off. And then the next day I find out that uh, I, three of my three players, all of whom I would have started that week, uh, were uh, not going to have a match uh, at game week 11 because of the uh, Villa Newcastle uh, COVID suspension. Uh, and so it was, you know, and the, the advice I gave last week, uh, I, I think I gave it on this pod. It may have been on the Patreon pod is you just have to straight up walk away sometimes from this, from this, you know, this game yeah. that we play. And so I basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was, I was checked out. It was just like, you know what, just take, take three days off and don't. Cause you know, it's just like, at some point you're just like, come on, like, this is silly. Like I'm getting so frustrated and it's just kind of, I shouldn't be, you know, it's just, it's not yeah. like healthy. Um, and so I, I will say though, uh, I, I came out of it. I made three transfers. Um, I brought in Kevin DeBruyne and I captained him. Uh, I finally got rid of Watkins who had been just kind of an annoyance. He was also blocking me from getting in Jack Grealish. Uh, yeah. and I turned him into Patrick Bamford who scored three minutes into, uh, the Chelsea Leeds match. And it was like, boom, hit, hit cleared, right? Like hit, <laughs> like no, no more worries from there. Yeah, Right. It's all uh, gravy after that. Yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, so I ended up getting two goals in a system. I brought in Jota who, you know, that was a little frustrating. I thought he would at least get more than 20 minutes in today's match, but um, you know, say V two out of three players on a hit came, came through, which I think is, is, you know, not too bad. And so I'm on, I'm on 69 points. Um, that's with nice. a minus four and I've got yeah, nice. And uh, I've got one player to go tomorrow. I've got Lamptey at home to Southampton. So, um, he could do something that's certainly not unreasonable. He's had his moments this season. Um, so I feel like all things considered, um, you know, I guess it's a net 65 because of that minus four with Lamptey to go and with only 10 players to play. Uh, I am, I am right in that like gray arrow, not red, not green. Um, and if Lamptey does well tomorrow, I'll probably end up on a small green arrow, which I think is not too bad, uh, with only 10 players, you know, in this match. And I, I also resisted the urge to transfer out Martinez, uh, which, which I had been tempted to do, um, and take another, who would you have brought in? Out of curiosity, well, I've you know, know. I, the move I would have done actually is I probably would have moved uh, Fraser Forster, um, and I would have brought in uh, Johnstone. The who, who um, got a zero? Yeah, who got a zero? So that would have been a minus. It would have cost me four points, uh, and it would have just and I would have had a goalkeeper rotation that I wouldn't have wanted to use. You know, so yeah. uh, so I think you know it, it was it was it was not bad in the end. A little bit of a treading water game week, but. Uh, sometimes that's, that's how it is. You can't see, you know, you can't get into that gambling mode where, you know, every week, um, is the week that you're going to, you know, just jump over everybody. Sometimes some, it's 38 week season. Sometimes you're just going to, uh, hold your ground and that is completely fine. With all that being said, I, unlike you did not dr- jump a million spots this game week. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you must be feeling pretty good about how things yeah. are by far and away my best game week of the season so far right now my game week rank is 167k i think Mm -hmm. and yeah so my or has jumped a million so i'm around 1.8 1.9 million overall on 86 points all out so we'll just see hope that i don't (laughs) see we'll see how much i lose actually during this this Brighton Southampton game. Yeah. I mean, it can't I, be I that much. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not at all. So yeah, it was just a flipping huge, tremendous, wonderfully exciting game week for me. I got t- 10 returns from 11 players, which is tremendous. I made one move. I decided to keep Grealish and target, put them on the bench, 
blah, 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 triple game week, two double game weeks, whatever coming up for Aston Villa. Does mm-hmm. that happen before we're all playing our second half of the season wildcard? I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah. But Either as you way, were saying with yeah. Martinez, it still feels good to have these these guys. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about Villa later on in the pod. So I ended up dropping the injured Lucas Dean for uh, Diaz, Ruben Diaz, Manchester City. Immediately pays me back. Now, the interesting thing with Diaz is this guy is like goals imminent galore. He mm-hmm. was on the end of yeah. at yeah. least two clear-cut set pieces, but never did he look quite confident in putting the uh, ball on target. So is Diaz going to score a goal this season? I'm not so sure. But the fact that you've found, you know, mark my words, uh, timestamp this, the one rotation-proof defender on yeah. this city lineup, uh, I feel pretty good about that. Totally. And I mean, Diaz is somebody that I'm thinking about, you know, trying to bring in as well. Um, I mean, at uh, 5.6 million, he's got clean sheets in the last two. They've got some great fixtures coming up too. They're even better than I, I guess I just got a little caught up in, in, uh, I, I wasn't looking far enough ahead with, I mean, I, I mean, I have, I have just one, one man city player right now and it really doesn't feel like enough. Um, they've got this, this, you know, the Manchester Derby on, uh, this upcoming Saturday, but then after that, it's uh, West Brom, Southampton, and Newcastle in the next three. And West Brom and Newcastle are at home. Now, mm-hmm. sure, you might see some rotation in those matches, but um, Kevin De Bruyne and Ruben Diaz feel like the two who are least likely to rotate. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, you just never know. I mean, Kyle Walker got rotated this week, right? And that guy's like almost, you know, very money in the bank defender. It started, yeah. you know, every match this season. But I'll say this, though, given that, I feel like those players. Even if they do get their one match on the sideline, they're still mathematically more likely to be immediately back and playing multiple, a a long stretch of games um, without interruption. So I think that's even with that lingering uh, feeling in your mind, it's still it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Pep's not going to rotate his best defender and best attacking midfielder, you know, two out of four times, right? That's a once in one out of four, one out of every five matches like that. That's how often that's going to happen. Even, even, you know, in the holidays. So, um, yeah, I, I do think people overdo it with a little bit with the rotation talk. I think that sometimes you get a little in your head, um, about that stuff. And, and it's just like, just, you gotta just take your lump and just accept that, you know, it hits, hits, that occasionally you're just going to have to, you know, a good player is not going to start for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not going to happen very often. And, and, you know, so it's just not, it's not worth spending too much energy worrying about or trying to predict because um, I don't think it is very predictable. I think it's actually very hard to determine this stuff sometimes. I mean, I didn't think Jota would get arrested. You know, I thought um, they've got this dead rubber uh, in the champions like at midweek. And I thought that would be the chance to rest everybody. But, um, you know, you just never know. So it can be a little tricky to, to play that game too much. So, you know, I, I'm glad that we both had a good week and um, I don't know about you and uh, fly you fools on our Slack said, you know, it's been a weird year when NBC is a graphic to remind us that the crowd noise is natural, not artificial, but I was really heartened. And I, I have been, as I mentioned before, I've, I've been a little, um, there's just so much going on in the world, I think. And that, so, that, you know, it's made it a little harder for, for the premier league in general to be the kind of um, sports escape, uh, that I normally wanted to be. And, uh, but there was something about seeing fans, uh, even just in 2000 or whatever it was, I think it was around 2000, right? Yeah. Um, 2000 for sure. Yeah. Scattered around these stands. It really 
cheered me up and it made me feel like there was, it was, there was something closer to normal. This was not a glorified practice, right? You play in front of 2000, 4,000 people. That's, that's a high school football game, right? That's like, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's something like human there. There's like, there's an audience, you know, like I, I read something a while ago uh, about how, you know, sports, it's, it's like, in some ways it's like a, you know, it's like televised mass or whatever. Like you need the, um, the parishioners there, you know, it's like, you, like you, there's a, there's a kind of like, um, ritualistic thing to it, you know, this sort of, sure. yeah. And seeing and, the, uh, the fans, I think to exactly to that point, seeing the Liverpool fans in the cop, you know, singing, you'll never walk alone with their scarves held high. Yeah. That was about as, you know, church-like and as, uh, you know, normal weekend match day TV watching experience as it gets. That was the, yeah. the moment that really, really had me dialed in. Totally. And so th- at that point, they're just an extremely unpopular club that can't fill the stands. Right. But even then that's, that's closer to, you know, you're like, you know, <laughs> you can pretend just, like you're watching, yeah. you know, like the Dutch league or something like that. Yeah. So hopefully it went well and, um, you know, uh, we'll see about the, the COVID risk and all that stuff. But, um, but hopefully it seems like it's, uh, it's outdoors, you know, so hopefully yeah. it went pretty well and was pretty safe. No appearances of the always cheating champ though, this weekend, we'll keep our, our ears peeled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's, let's move on though, um, to, uh, game week 12 and, and let's do a quick recap of the, the top 10 through, uh, with one match to go. Um, and I'll just, Brendan, I'm just, I got some energy here, so I'm just going to read this thing off uh, as go we go. It, all right. Uh, in 10th, we've got Greece. FC in ninth, some witty name FC. That's Darren Sparks. Uh, in I don't know why. Sometimes I'll just randomly read off somebody's name. In general, I'm going to go with the team name here, Brandon. <laughs> okay. In eighth, it's eight two Coutinho. Uh, in seventh, it's Sonaldo. In sixth, it's uh, that's Patreon supporter Craig McDermott. Uh, in sixth, it's Shamu uh, in a Zerpura. Uh, in five, in five, in fifth, it's Bajan Forever. In fourth, it's FC Tamori Football CI. Maze, they had enough characters to fit that all. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. And the team name there. Uh, and third, it's Coolant Shower, Neil Head. And second, and still, depu- and still undisputed, Henrik Wickman. And in first is Johan Cruyff Academy. That's Dimitar Simo. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined our Super League. We have 20,000 strong, and you bet I'm doing my my Tilly watch each week, Brandon, to see how she's doing. <laughs> Where is Tilly this week? Well, she she is, fell a little further, but she has three players to play tomorrow. So, um, she, you know, she's got a lot, of, a lot of room that she can still make up this week, Brandon. Awesome. Go out there and get it, Tilly. All right, Brad, before we get to game week 12, though, uh, this is December. December is a pledge month for the Always Cheating Podcast. What does that mean? I don't know. We're just making it up. Uh, it's a thing. <laughs> if you have, if you're, if you're doing well and the podcast has helped you, or if you got a Christmas bonus or something, I know not everybody did this year. It's a tough year. So no worries if you can't support the podcast, but if yeah. you can, that would be great because, uh, this is a time to say thank you to the always cheating pod cast people that's just me and you brandon uh, yeah. we write and i need to help thing. put christmas presents under the tree <laughs> in my household yeah and uh yeah not now is the time but you yeah. you get stuff in return for your support yeah. of course yep. you get an extra podcast yep. every week and that's mm-hmm. uh you know after all the midweek news comes through pressers and whatnot it's a great way to launch into the the, the deadline that's upcoming yeah. you also get a week in review newsletter courtesy of our friends at mini league mate And at the higher tiers, Josh, you get kitted out in the finest. I have this new Britishism that I'm working into my my vocabulary, clobber. 
clobber mm. is like cool clothes. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, okay. So you can yeah. get some always cheating clobber with the Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt that's cool. available at our uh, Volkswagen and uh, producer tiers. That's true. And, po- and Patreon supporters at any pledge level get, I think it's 25% off all of their merch in the always cheating shop. So if you are looking to get something for yourself or get somebody for somebody else for the holidays, uh, become a Patreon supporter and get, get some clobber on our, yeah, exactly. You can, you can check out all the merch at always cheating.com. So, uh, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the pod. Thank you. And goodbye. We'll be back with our game week 12 preview. Just one second. Brendan, I said goodbye, we're back. I forgot to say thank you to our newest patrons, Lord Sorloth patrons, Fuzzy Dunlop, Kendriff Callum Stokes, and new Pookie patron, Alexander Ball. Now we are officially gone. We'll be back with our Game Week 12 preview. See ya. Bye. All right, Brendan, we're back. Game Week 12 kicks off with a Friday match. Uh, Leeds play West Ham. I don't know about you, but now that we had one match canceled for COVID, are you now like stressing about other matches getting canceled? I hadn't really worried about it too much until this last one happened. I'm not thinking about it, to be honest. Uh, the fact that maybe it was just that nobody really uh spoke about it in the broadcast this weekend and with the fans back in the stands my general level of emotion coming out of the weekend was positive yeah uh so it's just not something that i'm dwelling on maybe that's sure. a blind spot for me but no i'm i'm, I'm feeling more positive than negative okay yeah so I that, mean, that's yeah. an interesting pun when we're talking about uh test results for a virus <laughs> yeah. i'm technically feeling maybe more negative yeah. than positive would be better no, to I, say. I don't mean that i'm feeling negative just that it's like it gives me like a little um i have like i'm feeling like a little jolt of of covid anxiety now i'm, I'm yeah. trying to trying to tamp that down but um and maybe it's just i'm looking at that friday match and it reminds me of last week and i, I think you know just losing three players like that it really upends your uh, strategy, you know, it's, it's it, it was basically like the equivalent of getting, you know, three injuries in the same day, right? It's like you, know, you, you yeah. get three three injured players in the same day. It's it is it's going to be tough to 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 shake that off, you know. And so, well, the way um, we were yeah. speaking about this at uh, like the preseason, where we knew that this was something that could happen, and where I generally landed was, it's not going to help your team to manage from a place of fear and trying to anticipate something that's entirely out of your control happening. Now, I think with the Villa Newcastle match getting canceled, it did underscore the fact that, yeah, you do need some players on your bench. Yes. And maybe even the bigger issue was the goalkeeper rotation. So the fact that Martinez is so highly owned, and the general style of fantasy is you don't have a backup keeper because that's just kind of a waste of money. Right. Would you reconsider that at all? Trying to work in a goalkeeper rotation yeah. I over mean, it's the next hard. month just so it, you can cover yourself there? It's hard not to have hindsight, you know, when, when, I, when it comes to this. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that question came up uh, early on in the season. And um, our response was, yes, this is a thing that's possible, but – it's pretty unlikely. And, um, if it happens, it happens. And, um, but I think in the, the, you know, which I think is just easy to say when you're trying to justify not spending an extra 0.5 million or whatever on your, on your goalkeeper. Uh, (laughs) but I, I actually think, uh, I, well, okay. Two things. I mean, one is, um, yeah, I, I do think that I, I, I do wish I had a rotating goalkeeper situation right now. I mean, yeah, maybe I only would have got one or one or two points anyway. Um, but it's, it, now I feel like that, that could flare up again, right. With all these matches coming fast. I mean, if, if something happens over the holidays when these teams are playing like every three days, it's going to be a real issue. Um, and 
you know, I think the other thing I was going to say is this could have been a lot worse. Like if, you know, Aston Villa, Newcastle, now certainly Aston Villa have a number of, it's not uncomfortable to have two or three Aston Villa players, but if that had been like Leeds Man United or something, you know what I mean? Or like some like major match, um, Mm -hmm. that would have been really stressful and it really would have put us in a tough spot. So, um, you know, and I think in that situation, okay, yeah, you bench Jack Grealish, that's annoying, but he's 7.5 million. You still got your heavy hitters. Doesn't really change anything. But yeah, I mean, if, you know, if Liverpool have a COVID issue or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. that's really going to, and now that, you know, thankfully Salah and Mane both got it, you know, I mean, not thankfully, (laughs) but thankfully in the sense that they're now, um, they should have some level of immunity. Team antibody. I don't, I don't know why we're talking about COVID so much in this podcast. I guess, I guess it's just it's just in the air, right? And obviously, it canceled the match. Literally, man. Yeah, I, we try not to talk about it too much in the podcast because it's kind of it's just kind of a downer, and that's not yeah. really yeah. what we you know, want to focus on. But um, you know, it it does feel like it's there right now. And with all these matches coming up, I would like to have a little more security. So even if you were thinking about having more um, depth, I mean, are we just talking about the the backup goalkeeper? I mean, do you feel like? You've actually have at times over the years had an even more imbalanced team where you've got kind of like a funky, you know, one or two players who don't play at the end of your bench. And so I don't think either of us have that really right now. No. And I felt very it was a very fortunate way that that blank fell because I was able to field a full 11 without burning any points. Right. And yeah, that might just be the nature of the fixture, as you were saying. But it does make me when I look at my squad. Tariq Mitchell, who has been, there's no sign of this guy. He's just vanished from the face of the earth. (laughs) If I had a priority going into the festive fixtures, you know, in a few weeks, it would probably be to replace Mitchell with a playing defender. Because for me, yeah, I think it's less you being able to anticipate, well, which team could hurt you most if they don't play or so on and so forth. It's just that so long as you have 15 players that all have the opportunity to play any given weekend. That's yeah. about as well as you can set yourself up for something like that. I'm surprised that Mitchell can't even make the 18 any longer. Um, I, I thought he actually was quite, I mean, you know, I guess it's just like, they just have a lot of faith in their starters or something, but um, you know, didn't you think he acquitted himself pretty well the first six I did. Seven weeks? You know? yeah, yeah. And I was surprised that Nathaniel Klein, I mean, Klein is, you know, he's, He's not as old as you think he is. I think he's just 29 years old, but it feels like he's been yeah. around for ages. I would have guessed, I would have guessed 32. I, I really would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm looking up Nathaniel Klein just to just to double check that. Yep, he's 29 years old. Wow. And, you know, he just locked right into that Crystal Palace lineup and he's played decently. And I think that was really yeah. the one thing that's standing in Mitchell's way. And yeah, I just don't think that they have a need for that many fullbacks on the bench. Yeah. So, God. Oh man, that, uh, that, that palace West Brom match. I, I, you know, I have to admit, uh, this is part, part of my MFFA approach is not to watch bad matches. And so I didn't watch a minute of the, um, palace West Brom match, but did you watch any of it? It, it must've been fun. I mean, West Brom seemed like the kind of team that like, <laughs> I just cannot handle going down to 10 men. I mean, to lose five one at home, that's, 
No, uh, that match was uh, Daddy's going to stay up and play FIFA until 2 a.m. and sleep in through West Brom. You have been staying up so late recently. (laughs) What is that? I know. (laughs) I I was telling my wife, I'm like Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, she famously survived in like four or five hours of sleep every night. And she's like, well, that may be true, but she also worked out every day. Yeah. And that's definitely (laughs) something that I'm not doing. Um, All right. So let's get to some questions for game week 12. We've got five questions. Questions here, okay. First one comes from from Fantasy Football Scouts Mark Southerns, which uh, I have to say that it's pretty cool to get a question from him. I mean, like whatever. Like I know most people don't care, but for me, uh, we basically started this podcast um, many many years ago because we loved um, the podcast that he did, the original Fantasy Football Scout cast. So um, yeah, with Mark and Granville, yeah. total absolute legends. And Mark is the go. Yeah. Like he's one of the best fantasy managers ever. Yeah. But he needs advice, Brandon. He's turned to us. Okay. <laughs> oh God, the pressure's on. <laughs> so he says, uh, do you commit to three or four? Do you, Brandon? He's talking to you specifically, I think. Uh-huh. Do you commit to three or four heavy hitters or do you risk shuffling them according to fixture to cover the perceived favored captain option? This is kind of the question, I think, right yeah. now. Um, because I think what we have seen this weekend is – I, it actually took for me, it took a little like, um, I had to kind of um, like remind myself that er- almost everyone I had who was expensive did well too, because it's like, it was a real, you can't have everyone kind of weekend, wasn't it? I mean, it was like 100%, ev- yeah. everyone did well. I mean, Bruno, I guess was the worst option, although he came off the bench and got, an a, he, he got a six point return. It's it's not bad. I would, so I would even argue that Bruno, it, it's like a weird um uh, paradox where Bruno got the least points of these premium mids or premium attackers, but he sort of emerges as still the biggest priority because what he did in yeah. 45 minutes is just, it's, He's it's awesome. unreal. He's a great player. And I feel completely exposed not having him. So yeah, that is, that is my conundrum and yeah. I'm with Mark here. I'm trying to figure out who is the priority. So right now, my premiums are Kevin De Bruyne and Harry Kane. And then right. it's a little more balanced with sub premiums in my midfield with Rashford and Son. So I need to figure out how to A, get Bruno in for Rashford and B, it's like, do I even need to turn Son into somebody else? It's a needs must situation where yeah. It's a weird I feel thing. like Son yeah. is the is the highest point getter in the game right now, but somehow yeah. he he's and he scored probably the most beautiful goal of the great. weekend that opening goal, goal in the North oh, London Derby. It had to be, it had to be, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he also he he is a little more uh, hit or miss, I would think, than than Kane. And yeah, I mean, when I talked about the um, that like can't ever, I mean, I I took Son out this week, and it's. You know, it's the kind of thing you would typically kick yourself over doing. And and yeah, of course, in hindsight, if I'd known that, I would have dropped Ziyech, who looked worthless again and then and then got injured. Um, but um, I thought he looked great, to be fair to Ziyech and you? Chelsea fans. I thought he looked excellent those first 10 minutes. I really he didn't did. even touch the ball, did he? He's he like, he's so, so, he so far. did. Yeah, he, he had a he had a he was in on goal at the start of that match. I thought mm-hmm. he looked electric. And All that's right, probably well, why he busted his hamstring. Well, three, three, two, one, and now zero in game week 12. Brennan. And those are the diminishing returns each game week from from <laughs> Ziyech. And mm-hmm. uh, he's he's got to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you just can't have everybody, but it, yeah, I, I dropped some, but I dropped him for, for Kevin DeBrun and I got 14 points and I captain him. So, um, you know, again, you can't have everybody. 
I think for me, this question really hits home because I am in a position right now where I don't have Mo Salah and Mo Salah is about to play Fulham. Fulham are bad. Fulham, um, I thought it was a like well-managed loss on Saturday. They <laughs> like, it was like in the second half, they were like, you know what? If we kick the ball around, we won't lose by more than this, you know? And it was like, we're not going to even try to win. We're not going to bring, we're not going to put Mitchell out there. We're not going to go for it. Yeah, we're just right. going to, I mean, they, they did kick it around a lot. I, I don't really know what they're attacking. Idea that's, was. that's, that's Fulham's whole idea. That's what they've been doing in the championship all these years. They're just legendary for kicking the ball on the ground, the entire match and all sound and fury amounting to a Mitrovic headed goal in the 89th minute. Yeah. What's so? Do you have any sense of why he's not playing any longer? I mean, three yeah, minutes in the last two matches. Thirty. It's got to be a pace. It's got to be a pace three. issue because yeah. Parker's clearly now set out to play a counterattacking style. I think it's working, um, and I I yeah. do think Mitro and Kearney are losing out because they don't have the pace or the energy to press and counterattack. That's that's fair, but it does feel like it's I mean it, it, I guess it requires Lookman to just have some moments of magic to really mm-hmm. make it work. I mean Cavalera just is I know he scored the week before, but I, I really stinks. don't think he's up for it. Yeah. And it was for him to be playing in that Mitchell role, I mean how much how much more could he be offering you in terms of pressing that that makes up for his inability to be a proper forward, you know? I, I don't know. It yeah. just it was just kind of a strange I don't know. I'm not a little surprised he's classified as a midfielder. Um, I think of Caviar as a bit of a forward, but I don't know. Whatever. He's more of like a he's like a winger, like Mane and Salah, that that sort of style. He usually plays out on the left, but um, yeah, it's just this new tactical formation. But listen, we're getting we're getting sidetracked. We're not nobody's getting (laughs) full players in this week. Taking some side (laughs) evidence. All right, yeah, no, but no, but it's important to talk about Fulham because um, the the you know what's happening is that Fulham play Liverpool on. Saturday or Sunday, whatever that match is. And Liverpool looked awesome today. Um, really, really dominant performance. Um, just su- really impressive, I, I have to say. And they've actually, I don't know, outside of that fluke VAR penalty, uh, you know, in, in that, in that Danny um, Welbeck, the Welbeck thing, if you know, they've actually played pretty well um, in general yeah. recently. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, that, that Villa match was clearly some kind of, kind of wake up call for them. And, and, defensively, I still worry a little bit about Robertson. Um, you know, part of me is like, maybe I could just turn him into somebody cheaper and a DS and save the 1.5 million. He looks really dangerous, but at 7 million, I just felt like even, even this like toothless, um, this toothless Wolves squad that don't have, um, that that didn't have Humanist. a forward basically. Yeah. yeah this guy, who, what the, the Portuguese guy, uh, the, the, <laughs> Like yeah. this guy needs to go like get loaned out or something, right? He is so I I can't remember ever seeing like the whole signing is so weird. It's like he played like one competitive match or something, and they gave him a thirty five million like that. That's like a favor to an agent, right? That is not a real like I don't know what's going on. This guy's got to go down to like League Two for the season and get some get some you know. Get some this is the uh, the teenager kid, the Fabio Silva. Yeah. I mean, like, what's I going on? Why does he get any minutes? Uh, so I don't know. It, like, so even even this the, a, a Wolves team that didn't have their their talismanic forward, right? Even they were were scaring uh, Liverpool, and Liverpool made a couple of pretty significant defensive mistakes. One one really big one near the end. A couple. Like, Connor Cody missed a big chance too. And um, you know, it's just like it's they do not look 
they're scary. It's scary to have a Liverpool defender at the moment because you don't have a lot of faith in them um, to to keep clean sheets. And it feels like they've kind of they you know they've kind of lucked into a couple honestly in the last couple of weeks. And yeah. so um, and Robbo looks great. And um, God, money was really off his game, uh, wasn't he uh, today? I thought uh, he was not very sure. He was in one of those. He was just he was in his Anthony Knockart mode where he was trying to do too many things. He was moving his his body and his mind were moving at different speeds for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a very long way of saying that Liverpool look good. They're playing Fulham who are quite bad. And the one player that you really, really want to have for that match is Mohamed Salah. And he is incredibly expensive. Um, 12.2 million. Very, very hard to bring in a player who is 12.2 million without letting go of one of these very expensive players, which is basically where Mark's question, it's a very roundabout way of answering Mark's question. And so for me, there are multiple ways for me to do this, um, but they require me to sacrifice Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes, or Harry Kane. There's really no way to hold on to Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes, Harry Kane, and still have Mo Salah, unless I do like a minus eight and just gut my team everywhere. You know, just like full on fire sale, like everyone, the Hector Bellerins of the world will not survive. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, just like get 0.5 million anywhere I can get it. And you know, I, I really don't think doing that for one fixture in general is, is a smart strategy. And so, um, if I am to do that, uh, do I take Harry Kane out who, um, looks, you know, super dangerous, um, in his moments, right. It's not like he's, he's not like Mo Salah. I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I'd certainly pick Salah. Uh, yeah. but he's also incredibly consistent. I mean, it's like you watch these matches and I was joking on Twitter about how his new role is false six, you know, it's like this weird, hilarious. Like, it was a pretty good joke, you know, better, better written out, you know, mm-hmm. say it out loud. It sounds <laughs> kind of snarky and lame, but, uh, but you know, he's sort of in the middle. I, I think I called him a box to box midfielder last week. And, but at the same time, you know, it's got eight goals and 10 assists in the season, right? This guy is like, you can't kind of, argue with the results, Joshua. <laughs> you can't, I mean, he's, you know, he, he can end up with 20 goals and 20 assists on the season. That would be a remarkable return. And he's not even that expensive, right? He's 10.9 million. That's not crazy. Um, so, so do I drop Kane? Do I drop Bruno, who, uh, like you said, in 45 minutes looked incredible? Um, do I drop uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who, I mean, you know, that, that's Here's the, the thing. One. Here's the thing with Kevin De Bruyne, right? Yeah. So he is arguably the best midfielder in Europe. Right. Plays on a wonderful team that is suddenly like search, searching for top of the league out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous game of hand, game in hand. After the Manchester Derby in game week 12, their run of fixtures is West Brom at home, Southampton, Newcastle at home, Everton, Chelsea, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, West Brom again, Sheffield United, Burnley. It's an insane run. So I'm with you in this dilemma of who do you drop? And it seemed like Kevin De Bruyne was the obvious one because it's the easiest like for like, at least money-wise, in an FPL team to get solid in. However... I just feel like Man yeah. City are set to go on an incredible run yeah. into February, and I don't think we can go without him. If anything, my dilemma is how do I get two of these guys, right? Like how do I get him and, you know, him and Sterling? Or or how do I take a risk? You know, how do I like, um, you know, like do I want to like try to bring in a Ferran Torres and just take like a total punt, you know, on, on one of these yeah. guys? So, um, yeah, I so – 
I think I think Kevin stays. Uh, I am with you, and I have this this ZH problem to solve. Although ZH does not turn into Salah easily, so I, I think it has to be Kane. Um, I, I just don't know because Bruno. I mean, Bruno would be the other way to do it, and they do play Man City um, after that. But then it's it's Sheffield and Leeds in the next two matches, and Leicester away. And I, I just love Bruno. He's fixture and proof he, too. He's, he's fixture proof, and he just got rested. It's like it's such a that one, the one two of fixture proof and rested just you know and so yeah. I think Kane is Kane is the one who has to go and I and I hate to do it uh, but I, I think that I think it's the thing that makes the most sense and so um, because again that shifting only like the 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 sort of hopping right the um, what what is that term again the um, upside chase uh, well yeah upside chasing oh. the, what, it's all variations in the same idea right <laughs> you know uh-huh. but the, basically the idea of like jumping from player to player it only works if your players stay healthy in the rest of your squad and you don't have any other issues to deal with. Right, to co- that point, yeah. we, we, we do have to bear in mind there is champions league this week. So if any events affect all these premium dudes that we're talking about, yeah. it is midweeks champions league yeah. and Liverpool and city, they, they don't have to get points of their midweek fact, uh, fixtures, but it's a must for Manchester United who play RB Leipzig, right. Um, on Tuesday, yeah. And they have to get at least a draw in that match to make yeah. it to the knockout round. So yeah. there will be a fair amount of pressure on Rashford and Bruno to play and play well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can I, understand. I, I mean, it worked out like surprisingly. Uh, they looked so bad. I mean, it was actually, it was like comedy gold watching that first half. It was like, it, I mean, honestly, like they couldn't have read it up. Like they, they looked terrible. Like a, so every player that Ole has been like accused of not playing enough, um, was like immediately like, yeah, see, this is why I don't play Vanderbeek all the time. Right. Um, and, and then a Cavani. series of, yeah, exactly. Cavani too, who looked so good the week before. And then a, a series of, of comedy mishaps from West Ham who could have had like four goals in the first half. Um, I mean the, the Allaire, like wow. I, that was, it was amazing. And then he, he and of course he played, he was, it was so bad that he had to fake an injury for a while. And then I was I was joking. Neil Mape style. That if it was me, I would have asked them to take me off in a stretcher, Neil Mape style, to commit to the fake injury because I, yeah. it would have been so embarrassing. So yeah, I think uh, it was it was just a bad weekend for uh, for West Ham. And ugh, like the, the, I mean, just the, so what is my point here? I need to like get back to a point. We're, no, well, we're, yeah. what we're talking about here, Josh. Uh, right. I'll correct. So we're trying to figure out which players stay of the premium batch. And you have just made the case as to why Bruno stays. We've right. made the case why Kevin De Bruyne stays. You're saying that Kane goes so that you can move Ziyech, I presume to Salah. Yeah. And the move I would probably do would, and this, this assuming, and I, I'm being very specific here, but I think this is not whether, whether you're talking about Ziyech or son or, um, Rashford or whomever. The, this this type of move is is a move that other people are, are debating, right? So the move I would probably do would be a minus four, and I would turn Kane into Callum Wilson, assuming that Newcastle are back in training as as expected. Wow, the truth is early, out there. Early this week. Um, and the Wilson move would, would be kind of like a, a short-term move, a three-week move. And here's why. Uh, <laughs> I Newcastle. love this. I'm getting my uh, castaway memes ready for you. <laughs> Newcastle play West Brom in game week 12 
away to Leeds in game week 13 and home to Fulham in game week 14. They have the two best home fixtures you can have, and they have them three weeks apart, right? Or I mean, or one, one week apart, that is. So as long as, um, I mean, I'd have to see Wilson in training. I need to see a photo of Wilson in training, smiling with like with like the the neck warmer on or whatever. You know, I need to see steam <laughs> coming out proof, so I know it's proof that proper it is, winter photo. Yeah, yes, that it was taken this week. Yes, it's, <laughs> yes he's got to be holding up today's newspaper <laughs> yes, next to his exactly. face. <laughs> but if so, um, I think I think that I like that move because I mean, yeah, obviously it's harsh. You know, you don't want to drop Kane, but you're doing it because you're getting a player that you really want as well. And if you're going to do it on a minus four, do it before you play a West Brom team that is um, not looking very, not looking so hot. And it'll yeah. be a full, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I guess we don't know how bad the COVID situation is in Newcastle. Like I, I hate, hate, hate to keep bringing it up again and again, but it, you know, I think it's really important because I actually do think that Wilson is the best can replacement. Um, he's, you know, he, he earns Roll that four, back. Wow. it's 4 million extra, dollars that you can spend um and it's that, pound sterling josh not <laughs> pound sterling. so it just it really does open up some opportunities for you if you make that move and so that's what i'm thinking about um okay. that's where I'm, I'm, leaning. I'm kind of yeah. i'm kind yeah. of with you in a way um i can't believe that you are about to you you ditched son this week and now you're about to ditch kane spurs <laughs> spurs mate uh, they're top of the league they're top of the league I, but I'm looking to get Salah in by dropping Sun. So I will have to drop the highest point scorer in the game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to drop Sun. But it's like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conundrum, the whole pair of Sun and Kane. And I think what I like about Sun and Kane being this duo is it makes me more comfortable dropping one of them with this idea that their points are somehow linked and mm-hmm. you know, somebody out there right now is listening, being like, well, they're linked because they're both getting points and that's great. So why would you get rid of either of them? But I do, I do f- feel like there's so much more upside as we're talking about with Sala over son. So as long as I can get a piece of those Spurs points by keeping Kane, what this yeah. also requires me to do is to downgrade Rashford to somebody in the Jota uh, arena. Um, yeah, you're worried about Jota now. I mean, it didn't start today. No, um, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about Jota, but in order for me to have the funds to upgrade son to Sala, I need to find cash elsewhere. And the only player in my team that isn't Harry Kane or Kevin De Bruyne who could fund that is Marcus Rashford. Mm-hmm. And as we've discussed over the last few weeks, we've, we've, we've both gone through this torment with Marcus yeah. Rashford over the last month where he kind of lost his form. Yeah. I don't need him. This guy is not, yeah. he, he scored a tremendous goal, had a yeah. couple of great opportunities against West Ham, but we don't need this guy, especially when we're talking about the caliber of, of Sala and De Bruyne and, and Kane. So that's my plan is to, to hang on to Kane, but get rid of son. By the way, Callum Wilson rose in price tonight. That is like insane to me. That it is like, yeah. why would you buy him before you even knew if Newcastle were going to turn to training? Like, that's like, it feels so risky to me. Uh, I yeah. don't know. So forget, forgive me, anybody listening who's already made this move, but um, lots of gamblers. Out there. Yeah. Again, I need, I, like you said before, I need to see a photo of him holding up today's newspaper. So, um, yeah. So the question is, um, do you risk shuffling them according to fixture? 
Um, I, I guess so. I mean, I guess in a roundabout way, that's what I'm arguing. And, and the question is, um, um, you know, the question is just who do you drop? And I think that, that, that's the question. I think, I think, um, when we, once I get Sala, then I may try to find a way to get back to Kane, um, you know, by, through a couple of transfers. It may, it may, so maybe that I'm just in a way I really am just, uh, dropping him for a few weeks and then I'll try to get him back in. Um, or maybe I try to bring Sun back in. who's maybe a little easier to, to do because he's, you know, he's cheaper. Yeah. But it's fixed. There's, there's fixtures when you're, you're, you're looking at Mark's question and you're talking about how to rotate and how to bring in the best captaincy option. You're looking ahead to fixtures, but a huge thing with captaincy to me is form and that's yeah. harder to predict. That's harder to plan for. Yeah. So I think a lot of these plans that we might be building out, they're going to change every week. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you and I are in lockstep on this Sala move. I mean, do you feel like uh, you could just go without Sala? I mean, you know, just just not have Sala this weekend. It's not like uh, he's, he's probably not going to score 45 points, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. he might he might get two goals and an assist or something like that. But is it is it worth destroying your, your team to do it? I right. mean, you know. It's, right. So in game week 11. It was De Bruyne. De Bruyne was game week 11's Sala because City right. had Fulham. Everyone was captaining De Bruyne. He yeah. was the guy we had to get in. And sure enough, he delivered uh, 14 points. Yeah. Could have done uh, even more, really. I mean, could have done more. Yeah, yeah. But to your point, what did everyone else do? Kane got 12, Son got 13. Had Bruno played that entire match, he probably could have matched all of them. Sala. Uh, got a goal and an assist. So yeah, I do think it's possible to go without Salah with the hope that your other premiums do cover you and you do get your alternative captaincy. Right? Yes. Yeah. I, if, if I, I do think that if, if Man City's fixtures weren't, I don't think you need to hold every player with an eye on holding them until February of 2021 or whatever. But I think, um, Kevin De Bruyne would be droppable to me if his fixtures weren't so good after this Liverpool match. And it just feels like you're then in a position where you just, you really are just shuffling back and forth. And that just feels like, um, um, it feels like too many other things can go wrong that can upend that strategy. So, um, next question comes from Richard Nyquist says, since every premium is scoring equal amounts of points this week, it sometimes seems like it doesn't matter who we own, who are the best five to 7.5 million players across the board to own through December. That seems to be where the difference may be found. So you were talking about Jota. It's tricky. Uh, that the, the, the problem with players in that range is that they're, they're totally, um, inconsistent, right? Even, mm-hmm. even, even Grealish, who has had some massive returns. is certainly not a, it's not a, you know, a Bruno level reliable no. fantasy asset. No, no, because he's, he's surrounded by guys like, like Trezeguet who, um, you know, are not gonna, are not gonna help him the way that the way that Greenwood or Rashford might, might help, help Bruno or Pogba for that matter, who wants to pull a worldie out of his back pocket from, from time to time. But yeah, I, I think that those are still the players then you have to look at. That's why Jota, even though he got benched against Wolves, is still appealing because if you were to say, Hey, here's a, a sub, uh, a sub 7 million midfielder who is going to rattle off five goals uh, over the course of 11 game weeks. And maybe he's going to get benched a few times. You'd be like, sure, I'll take it. No problem. It's not a thing. And I think Jota still stacks up pretty well. 
Grealish is exceptional in this price category because he's nailed on, he's captain, uh, he's on a lot of set pieces, he's just in the center of everything. From there, I think it's just super difficult to say who the standout alternative options are. I think Southampton probably have what would be the most appealing ones, Che Adams and James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse sort of fits that Grealish mold fantasy-wise and that you know that he will be heavily involved in in the attack, and that's good for fantasy output. Uh, and And then Wolves is... Wolves really is what has destroyed, has been part of what sunk me early on in the season where I just went heavily on Wolves in a wild card in game week three. Mm -hmm. So even while Potence and Neto leading the attack in a way, Trey or I don't know if you want to talk about him, they still just feel a little um, lower quality than even Southampton at the moment. It's, it's kind of crazy when you go through all of these teams and I'm looking at the, uh, the season ticker, you know, just looking at all the clubs on there. And it's like, you want to talk about midfield options. Like it is just, just I'll, I'll do this very, very quickly. All right. Are like, just, I'm just going to like name the team and then um, just like say whether or not they have any acceptable cheap midfield assets. Okay. So yeah. Arsenal, nobody, right. Uh, Aston Villa, they got a couple uh, Grealish in particular um, Brighton. Really? There's nobody uh, Burnley. Nobody. <laughs> Chelsea, okay, yeah, now we're talking a little bit. Although even then, it's like Jorginho doesn't play anymore. Well, yeah, but even even when you you went up to the eight eight million range, I mean, Pulisic's been battling injuries. Havertz has not gotten started. Ziyech is now out for a while. Um, There's not as much there as you might think. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. Mason Mount, I guess, if you want to be really risky. Spare Um, a moment. Spare a moment. This is not part of the conversation, but the work that Timo Werner put in in that match this weekend was incredible. The run that he made to get Christian Pulisic that goal. And I mean, he's still not a a high caliber FPL asset like we want him to be, but I was really blown away by his performance. He's not bad. I was actually on his transfer market page yesterday. I mean, you look at all of his matches so far for Chelsea, he's he's putting together a nice, a nice start to his time at Chelsea. And yeah, I mean, he's just an easy player to like. I mean, this is how I felt when I watched the RB Leipzig matches this summer too. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, too focused on the returns, but it was just like, it was, you know, he was just, you know, like, like you said, he just, he puts in, he works hard. He's really active. He's really aggressive. And um, yeah, I don't know why it hasn't, I mean that like, that was just like a comical, like he couldn't hit that Giroux ball off the inside (laughs) of the crossbar to be like, you couldn't do that if you tried. Right. It was like a total fluke moment. That was Um, like the big magnet that they construct late on in the breaking bad run to uh, break into that police station or something that a magnet yeah. was involved in keeping that ball out of the goal. <laughs> that, was a, that was a classic episode of that show. Um, so palace, I mean, Zaha, there are mixed opinions, but I, I don't think either of us are hugely enthusiastic and they got kind of a tough run. Anyways, they got Spurs and Liverpool into their next yep. three, uh, Everton, uh, James has, has fallen off. Unfortunately, uh, okay. Fulham, there's, there's nobody leads. It's like hard to pick, hard to pick the right, you know, player. Well, let's back up, back up, back up. Okay. I think, I think Fulham can offer you, particularly if you want to play a three, five, two, or you want a fifth mm-hmm. midfielder that can rotate. I think Adam Ola Lookman is starting to put together some, some sort of compelling case for himself. So let's see. Lookman right now is he's priced at 5.0 even. So yes. I think that he, he could work as a fifth midfielder. 
And that's not bad. You know, he's going to start, you know, he's going to be a focal point. Um, And somebody like Anguissa even who uh, is Um, 4.5. So that's like Fulham would be some team worth considering if you're looking to go cheap, cheap, cheap for a fifth mid on a wild card or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, So Lester, I mean, now, now, as long as Harvey Barnes isn't starting, I, I don't see anybody I really want there. I certainly don't want Madison. Madison um, looked terrible, even though he did put Picked it together for one assist, one yeah, game-winning yeah, assist. Yeah. He looked terrible. Leeds would be fun if you knew which player to pick. But uh, I thought Jack Harrison had probably his worst match of the season uh, for Leeds. Um, just just wasn't quite, uh, you know, not he's not looked as good as he's looked at times this season. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, Rafinha looks, looks really good at maybe Rafinha is the one I'm like, mm, maybe like that guy is really uh, fun to watch and really active. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's a player to consider at some point. Um, I became so, really enamored yeah. of uh, Stuart Dallas this weekend. He was playing, you know, more advanced in the midfield and yeah. he's playing like that John Lundstrom role for last season. I mean, like a yeah. worse version of Lundstrom, but I could <laughs> see that guy yeah. putting together a good run. Totally. And then he moved back to left back. I don't know if he's going to have to go there now with, if, with Robin cock out, I, I, you know, who knows, but, um, so maybe this is like, this exercise is going to go on for too long here, but you know, the point is like, there, there aren't a ton, like there, there just aren't a ton of assets. I mean, Sheffield United, there's really nobody. Newcastle there's nobody. Southampton, James Moore Prowse, possibly, um, Spurs Bowen on uh, West Ham. Bowen, maybe. Yeah. I mean, geez, he had a frustrating match though, too, right? He's an inconsistent finisher. And um I you know, Pedro Neto is a player I'd maybe consider at five point five million on Wolves. I think that he uh yeah, I mean, no one looks great away to Liverpool. So I don't think that that's a good um reference point. But I thought he's gonna get a lot of minutes with him and as out. And I think that he's yeah, he's available for five point six million. Um, has uh, two goals and an assist in his last three matches. Three goals and three assists in the season. Um, he's someone I would definitely consider on a on a wild card. Sure. Or, or I mean, or I mean, as like a as like an enabling kind of player, I should say, like somebody who, like you know, I, I could go um, Zh to Neto and Bruno to Salah this week. Yeah, you know, yeah. as my Salah would possibly. But who is the best, Josh? If you had to pick one player, so right. if you if you rolled back time, would mm-hmm. you still do that Diogo Jota transfer? Wow, that's a good question. Um, it's hard because Suchek is right there, you know, and uh, uh, we, we didn't, didn't even talk about him. Suchek. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So cheap, funds like everything else, and cr- like the most active defensive midfielder of all time, right? Like it's it's the most insane. (laughs) He might be the one. I think Suchek is the (laughs) guy. Yeah. Suchek is up there. I think, um, I guess I could have gone, I could have spent a little more and brought, no, I wouldn't have had it quite enough. Um, I guess Grealish is the pick if you count him. I mean, he's almost like in that, he's almost in that like less expensive premium category, but he's, he's, he's interesting asset as well. Um, I think, um, yeah, I don't really know other than that. I, th- I think it's really tricky. I mean, maybe, maybe Ward Prowse, I suppose. Um, you know, he's he's really turned it on. He has these moments every season where he's got this like little kind of ten match run where he looks awesome. And so maybe, maybe, maybe he would be the asset. Um, although I actually I think Neto. I'll go with Neto. Uh, Pedro okay. Neto, just a little place further forward than than Suchek. Um, and somebody is going to have to. I I. I 
find it hard to believe that that Wolves are just not going to score over the next four or five weeks. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, I think it's going to be Neto. So it's there's there, you know, but I, I think that our point is that there just aren't a ton of great. Uh, Great assets to consider, Brandon, um, or the, 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 so, so that nobody consistent in that range. And so that, that I think it really is. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to to getting those those heavy hitters right. Um, all right. So you've got uh, you've got the mighty the mighty Suchek, the right. uh, the towering head of Suchek. He feels like the kind of guy who's like he's only going to score on headers, right? Like that's like he's going to score. Like, <laughs> all he's the sort of guy where he has to take a can opener and, and cut off the roof of his car so he. His head isn't hitting the ceiling of his car. <laughs> yeah, he. I want to see he and Dominic Calvert Lewin in, in the front seat of a car together. That's you know, just a, <laughs> massive heads. All right, so um, that is that is game week twelve. Um, lots. It, it's a tricky one for sure. Um, lots lots of decisions to to make, and I think we'll we'll be talking about this all week on our Slack and and on Twitter and uh, on our Patreon pod too. So let's take a quick break, and we've got a fun lightning round this week, Brian. We're gonna answer some lightning round questions. Super. All right, gang, 2020 has reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes match your job criteria. Okay, right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost their job post Try Indeed out at Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. That is the best deal available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Brennan. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, at least not here in the U.S., although clearly it's now happening in the U.K., but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on all their season opening bonuses today. NBA kicks off right now. I think about three weeks, maybe less actually. 18 days. Yeah, it is. It is exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they were kind of the models for how to do it uh, over the over the summer. Um, so Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Uh, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, one more for you guys. The holidays, they are here. Now, have you made your wish list yet, Josh? PlayStation uh, yeah. 5, maybe? No, that's, that's, that's a brand new wish. No, I'm, I got others. I got dreams. Listen, yeah. forget about whatever you want. The number one wish for gift this year is not the PlayStation 5. It is Manscaped, the best in men's below and above the waist grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure that you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs, too with their new performance package. That's right. The Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. The performance package includes these things. Pay attention, Josh. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof, and you can use it in the shower. It also has a 
a handy LED light that helps you see in the dark. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also in the performance package. That's the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Wow. And their performance liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Mm-hmm. Josh, you got to get this on your list, buddy. Get the performance package now and receive two free gifts. Listen, the box already has three things in it. You get it now, you get two free gifts. What are they? It's the Manscaped Boxers and the the Shed Travel Bag. This handy little dop kit and some beautiful boxers so you can look like... Like, you really know what's going on down there below the belt. So, tis the season for Manscaped. Go get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the greatest gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALWAYS. We are going to hook you up right here at Always Cheating. Go to manscaped.com to use that code. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ALWAYS. All right, Ben, we're back. Lightning round time. A tight three question lightning round. These are these are some big picture questions. But Brandon, big picture questions don't need long answers. Okay. This whole yeah. section is gonna take us 90 seconds. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's say let's say uh two minutes, a full two minutes. Uh that'd be 10 seconds to read each question and then uh-huh. 30 seconds to answer them. Okay. So okay. let's, we'll let's put two minutes up on the two. clock. Yeah, exactly. Right. First goes for FPL Jamo. He says, do you enjoy the current season madness of the round 10 essential attacking assets <laughs> with each game featuring one you don't own is an anxiety driven roller coaster mm. or do you prefer a season with the defined template where points are more predictable and there are fewer heart attacks mm-hmm. when you put it that way? I read, I read JMO's question and I thought, yeah, I think that it's, this is more fun. The whole unpredictable wild swingy game weeks, because when I think back to, say, the SAS season, Suarez, or even an RVP mm-hmm. at Arsenal season, I yeah. don't really remember them very well. Maybe it's just because I'm old and I have holes in my brain. But yeah. uh, these are very memorable seasons with some really hefty decisions. And uh, it seems yeah. it feels a bit more like a game, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think the only um, I would agree. Um, I it would. Yeah, I I in fact, I really chafe against the uh, i i love like in that, that last section we talked about um um you know mark's question about dropping people and bringing them back in i mean it's it's you know you could spend an hour multiple hours de- debating that question and thinking it through and that's you know i mean obviously that's that's a level of nerdy engagement that everybody wants to do but you and i do and everyone yeah. you know most people listening do and it's like it's really fun to to to, to think that stuff through even if you, even if there's not a clear answer even if you can't solve it you know it's it's just a fun thing to puzzle through it's part of the the game of, of mm-hmm. fantasy and trying to get it right and you know it's all all you can do it's it's you know that's it's really the poker thing you know the poker analogy makes the most sense right because in poker you don't know what cards are coming but you can try to use your instincts right you know your reads of the situation and 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 mathematics and and try to you know and hope that it all comes together in a way that that makes sense and you know the only um complaint that I would have, or the only thing I, I wish were, were different is, um, um, I think what makes it more anxious is that, um, these matches are all separate. So you, you know, if you don't own, um, like last week, right. I didn't have, um, any man city players when they played, mm-hmm. um, their, their home match. Um, and so I didn't have Kevin DeBrenner for that match. And, you know, if that's a normal weekend, there's like, 
five Saturday matches on, you know, and that, that, that 10 a.m. slot, you know, the 3 yeah. p.m. slot in UK time. So I just don't watch that match, you know, <laughs> and it's like I just watch the other one of the other four. And then when it's over, you're like, OK, you got 10 points. Oh, well, you know, it's like at least I don't have to watch it. <laughs> right. While something bad is happening, maybe something good is happening over in another exactly. area. Because yeah. and that is exactly what would have happened this weekend. Right. Um, and so I think that it's it's the fact that the matches are are so isolated, which is obviously great for a anyone who's not playing fantasy um it's how cool is that right 20 hours of of matches every weekend and all in different time slots uh but from a fantasy perspective i think it's 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 it can be too much of a good thing and so that's not really uh in some ways that that shouldn't affect this question that jam was asking but i think that that's that's why that's where the heart attacks come in i think is that you are sort of um you feel a little more exposed i think because it's the only match in town when those matches are being played when I think about my post-fantasy life, if that ever exists, I do often think about what it would be like to just have all pure watches because um, I think that's the thing that I, I mean, I know that's the thing that I like least about fantasy is being put in those situations where you Everything don't want stinks. things to happen. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's true. It really does change your brain chemistry. Eh? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like in the one hand you're like, well, I, I couldn't go back, you know, cause it, I, I just wouldn't, uh, I would enjoy it. But of course, I mean, I watch baseball and basketball and college basketball and NFL. And I don't, I don't, I don't play fantasy in any of those sports and it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the matches. Right. I, you know, I can watch any random NBA game and those are pure watches for me. I, I don't, you know, I don't care how many points, I watch uh, strangers play video games on YouTube, so I'm pretty sure I have it in me to watch <laughs> yeah. a football match without fantasy stakes. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Well, I think we're at uh, just about like 29 seconds. So yeah. Let's, let's so the clock says move on. The answer. Yep. Uh, Benno uh, says, "Are we all just over managing, trying to have everyone in the perfect team? It seems there are plenty of good options right now, and there are many routes to go in a good mm-hmm. game week." I sense a theme yeah. this week, There's Josh. A theme, I think, yeah. So this the Benno Benno's kind of crystallizing what we were just talking about with Jamo's question, where can you let go of the anxiety of not having everyone and then adding on this positive layer, Benno is, of because hey, there are other people doing well. So is it possible to have a great team over here and another great team over here that had different players and they're both doing just as well, and then we can all just have a great time? I think that like a week like this in game week 11, that kind mm-hmm. of worked. But yeah. most weeks, it's not going to be like game week 11. Most yeah. weeks, there's just going to be one or two <laughs> premiums that deliver. And yeah. you're either going to be elated or you're going to be miserable. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced some real moments of of like proper fantasy joy this weekend. I think the Bamford one was the, you know, actually I, I had the two that stand out. Um, the Kevin DeBruyne one was like, actually it was probably the better for me than I realized. Cause I, I just thought his ownership was higher. I got, a, I got, I got in a real like Twitter bubble moment with that where I was like, Oh wow. Like this actually really helped my team. You know, I just kind of wasn't, uh, um, factored in the fact that like it, it was, he was just a hard player to bring in, you know, yeah. at his personal yeah. point. Um, but it was the the Bamford goal, which we talked about earlier, and then the Kane goal, where it hit the top of the crossbar, and there was sweet a, as a nut. The half second there, I'm sure you felt this way too, where it looked like a missed chance. It looked like it yeah. was going to careen off the crossbar, uh, a la the uh, the Timo Werner missed the day before, <laughs> and then it just 
droops in. It is, yeah. you know, drops into the net, and you're like, oh shit, he just scored a goal. <laughs> this is great and for you. That's a double, right? Because you got the uh, you got the goal and the, the sun assist. assist. Game. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing. I can't believe I'm I'm making so many allusions to video games right now, but that goal was so FIFA, right? You, they showed the replay where. Arsenal go up the pitch, and while they're up there, you know, doing their whatever it is that they do, Son <laughs> and Kane yeah. and Bergwine and I can't remember who else was the fourth guy were just hanging out on the midfield line, just like you do when you're playing in a drop-in match in FIFA. All the guys want to score goals, so you just hang out and wait for <laughs> possession to change hands, and then boom, you're all sprinting full pelt toward the goal. Yeah. And uh, somebody hits the tri- – Son hit the triangle button, and – Kane thought he hit that circle button a little too hard, but oh, he hit it just right. What a goal that was. <laughs> that was a great goal. Uh, and then that was that was pretty much it. The match was over. But uh by then it was it was fine because you'd you'd seen everything, you know, everything you needed <laughs> to see. So <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh all right. So final question is from James Parham. Uh, he says, uh, the game is now all about the, there's, there's a lot of statements. They're more like statements than they're like statements that are like, I'm, I'm right. Right. Uh, so James Parham says the game is now all about the captaincy, right? If you have a decent team, it's all about who your captain is. He says in a wistful line, a wistful closing line, Brandy says, mm-hmm. I guess it always has been. <laughs> it's true. It always has been. I mean, look at my team. I've been having a rough go of it at the start of the season, but the last three weeks I've got three green arrows. And what has happened the last three weeks? I've nailed my captaincy pick Calvert Lewin against Fulham followed by De Bruyne two weeks in a row delivering double digit returns. And I'm charging up, I'm charging up the ranks. So God, it's just, it does blow your mind. And you kind of only realize once you start hitting captaincies and you see how much of a boost it is, yeah. When you're when you're not hitting captaincies, it's easy to look all around your team and start casting blame at your right. goalkeeper or your stupid third midfielder or your bounty yeah. of forwards that aren't delivering. But yeah, I mean, l- last week, I think game week 10 was a great example of this because a lot of people were hitting, you know, 50, 60 points just based on nailing a captaincy and really not yeah. having much else going on on their team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, game week one was like that for me too. I remember I had a, like, it was like blanks, blanks, blanks. And then I, but I had solid captains. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically like getting, he had a hat trick. So it was like getting six goals in my team, right? You get six goals, uh, in your, in your fantasy squad. It doesn't matter, uh, how else anybody else, you know, how, you know, how anybody else does like you take any random game week and you put drop six goals into it and it's going to be a good game week for you. So good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's true. I mean, obviously it's a thing you can, you can, um, it's like you almost don't want to dwell on it too much because it feels like that that's a little too there's a little too much luck in there. But I I think the the takeaway that I had when Kevin DeBrenna got those 14 points was I had a moment on Friday where I was like, I'm gonna bring in Gabriel Jesus, rested at midweek, and I'm gonna captain Jesus, you know, and I'm just gonna like really like I'm gonna get one up on everybody, right? You know? <laughs> and and then you what know, a fun podcast this would have been to record. Yes. Oh, geez. Can you imagine if I just had, maybe I hadn't even brought in KDB at all, you know, uh, brought in Sadio Mane just to be like totally different. Um, <laughs> I can't lose boys. I got, I got Mane. I've got Jota. I've got Jesus, Jesus. captain Bruno. Oh, <laughs> but in the end, you know, I went with, uh, the, the runaway favorite captain pick and then he did really well. And it was, it felt good. Of course. I mean, cause you know, like I don't care how, highly owned or template or whatever a captain player is, if they 
if you captain somebody and they get a great return, that is fun. That feels good. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think that if anything, it just feels like, um, maybe the captaincy isn't the place where you want to really be making your, your big gambles, uh, or, or conversely it is because if, if they, if they pan out, then, then you can, you can make a big surge. But I mean, for you, like, you haven't done anything crazy with your team over the last couple of weeks, right? No, no massive transfers. I, you know, if anything, I actually wonder now if the Dean injury um, saved you, you may have ended up dropping the sun, <laughs> I think um, yeah. instead, you know, the, before this, before this game week, sometimes that happens, you know, sometimes um, those moves, um, you know, like the move you aren't, you, you you can't make is like ends up being the best move, you know? Yes. Um, but anyway, it's I, true. I, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you haven't done anything crazy and you know, you've like halved your rank right in the last, Three yeah. weeks, so um, I know. think. But but just just like to go along with what you're saying, yeah. Sometimes it's. I mean, it's it's huge to get it right. So maybe you just go with the obvious one because those are gonna. That's gonna be where the points are delivered. But the point is not don't be creative with your captaincy pick. The point is just get it right. And um, yeah, easier you know. said than done. I yes, mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that is that is the point. Right. But my, my argument is that get it right often means go with the more obvious pick, right? Because that tends to be the right call. I yes. mean, it's you know, eight times out of 10 or whatever. It's fair. It's fair. That's why the triple, the, and uh, like, that's the, why the triple captaincy chip, like I feel like it always ends yeah. up being <sighs> the one that, uh, we all tend to play at the, at the exact same time Yeah, because yeah. it oh. is, you know, so I'll never forget the uh, my one point tripled from Saudi Amane uh, last season. That was uh, a yeah. that was a real triple captain low point. Uh, but I also think I got a we- I had a week. Maybe you, you know, we probably all did. But I think I got seventy five points <laughs> once when I, I triple captain Aguero in a double game week, and I think I got twenty five points combined. Yeah. And it was that was like this random game where like everybody got two hundred points because it, it was just <laughs> such a crazy high spring week. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's the pod though, Brandon, just those three questions and the later on this week. Thank you for everyone, uh, you know, stuck around this long into the podcast. And, um, again, if you, um, are able and willing to kick in, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast, um, to get extra pods and, and the Slack channel and, uh, uh, discounts on merch and all kinds of different stuff. So, uh, we'd love it if you did, but no worries. If you can't, no pressure. uh, nope, no pressure. And Brandon, do you want to thank our producers? Absolutely. Thanks to producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., Big Gaffer, Bob Scoon. Got to take a big breath there. <laughs> Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wegner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, producer Matt, Michael Oolong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, and of course, the man, Bobby Styles. And uh, never miss an episode of Always Cheating, Josh. I know sometimes you call me and you're like, hey, did that episode of Always Cheating drop? I didn't, I'm not sure. And then I tell <laughs> you every week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is, Josh, that you get your podcast and just subscribe. You'll never miss an episode. It's not a problem. <laughs> just and I, I need to quit. Yeah, I, I need to quit fax, faxing you and asking you to uh, 
you know, it, it's like, you know, every week having to find like a Western Union, you know, where I can I can send you a quick You uh, think it's deadline message. day or something like that, <laughs> sending me your faxes with your various, various demands on them. It's very, I find it, I find it to be very odd. Um, and yeah, if, if like Patreon is not your bag, I'll have, so you've got your December pledge drive for Patreon, Josh. I'll have mm-hmm. my separate pledge drive. Okay. for giving us five stars and a review Good. on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, let's muddy our messaging. I like it. <laughs> this, is, this is just marketing uh, 101. Like, give people five things to do and they'll do none of them. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if, if you could just give us a, even a quick five-star review on, on uh, iTunes, that would be great. And yeah, and, and go ahead and listen on Spotify too. You know, we've been, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts on Spotify now and I, I, Found it to be an enjoyable experience. And if anyone wants to listen to, uh, should I share my, my Spotify year in review? It's, it's almost all Grateful Dead songs. So if you want to listen to Grateful Dead, um, reach out to us and I'll share. Um, Throw share a link up on the Slack for our yeah, patrons, Josh. Maybe, yeah, I will that. do that. It's a good idea. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck to anybody who's got uh, Brighton and uh, Southampton players tomorrow. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Poku forever. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.